On this week's episode of The Jake, we talk Parker House opener, NHL playoffs with my special guest, Kyle Mickey McKenna, who's an NHL analyst. We'll go over a one-minute movie review. We do my first ad read ever. Thank you to my first ever sponsor. We'll go a little up and down draft winners and losers. Cleveland Believeland update of the week. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll give you a little bit more, but that might be it for this week. So here we go. Welcome back to the Jake Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Jake Brainy. It is Thursday, May 11th, and boom, we are ready for the weekend. And this just isn't any other weekend. This isn't like a can't wait to not have work weekend. This isn't like a, oh, I just can't bear not being under my covers weekend. No, this is May 12th. And when you're from New Jersey, that means... It is time for the Parker House. If you don't know what the Parker House is, I'll let you in on a little secret. The Parker House, better known as God's Basement, is a long-standing hotel in Seagirt, New Jersey, where 21 to however-year-olds will go Friday nights, 6 o'clock, and get dollar beers. We shove ourselves into this hot, sweaty basement and do the same thing week after week until Labor Day. But we love it. We can't stop going. It's the best. And for the people that don't like it, well, you know, go away. I don't care. It's it's incredible. It's so much fun. It's a great time, and it just signals the beacon of hope for the summer. And I say beacon because it's on Beacon and Seagirt, so that was a play on words. But it is the beginning of everything. When you live here, you know, you have to, you know, wherever you're from, you don't really love the winter. But when you come here, the big turn of May at the Jersey Shore is, it's it's phenomenal. And it all starts with 6 o'clock, basically happy hour. But for them, it's just no one competes with them. It's what they do. You know, we say dollar beers. They might even upcharge it a little bit. They might go to two dollar beers this year, but they're still going to we're still going to go. We're not going to stop going. You know, if we stop going, it's because we became losers. And we don't want to go anymore because we, you know, would rather do adult things like be responsible. But no, we go to the Parker house because we want to go. We want to have fun. And I don't want to be at work. I want to go. I want to have fun. And that's exactly what's going to happen tomorrow night. Give you a little story. A couple years ago, uh, friend uh bill and i were moving into a house in belmar with a couple other guys i know it was pretty great setup really cheap you know not even a block away from the beach we were like a stone's throw uh not the greatest setup but it was our place it was a it was in we had a year lease and we were ready to roll ready to cook it was it was awesome 
And we took off that Friday to move in, moved ourselves in, and later went to the Parker house. When we went to the Parker house, it was so amazing. You know, you had the dollar beers, you had the free cover if you get in before six. We just had an awesome time watching NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, just loving it down in the basement. We had a couple of uh, Spring Lakers, which is just the most delicious drink. I mean, if you know, it's not nothing to it. It's Red Bull vodka, pineapple juice, but it is so good, so good. And uh, I checked out after a couple drinks, but uh, when I checked out, a good friend of ours, Johnny Bakes, showed up. And uh, so I missed all this, but uh, from what I heard, Johnny Bakes had himself a night. Uh, when it was time to leave, because they kick out everybody at midnight, uh, Bill went home. I was already gone, but Johnny Bakes, he got in the wrong cab and went southbound. And I uh, didn't realize what he was doing. They dropped him off at a Wawa because I wouldn't go any further south in Lavalette, which is pretty far from uh, from Seagirt and Spring Lake where we are. Johnny Bakes had himself a knife just walking the beaches of Lavalette. Lost a pair of sunglasses, which, uh, you know, that sucks for Johnny Bakes, but uh, eventually found his way back home by getting a 4 a.m. Uber. Uber after just wandering on the beach for a while. And uh, and this is what happens when you go a little too hard at the Parker House. So, you know, he was, uh, I don't know, he was like 20, 25 at the time of this. And, you know, we're all, we all get a little, you know, a little, little, little boozy, a little tipsy sometimes. But uh, but Johnny, he went a little deep end. A little, little cliff dive in action for Johnny Bakes. And, uh and yeah, you know, Bill and I left him stranded in the middle of nowhere because when Johnny Bakes shows up, he's kind of a, a lone ranger. Uh, <laughs> uh, eventually made it home. Everything's fine. We see him once in a while from time to time. But uh, but yeah, uh, that's just what happens at the Parker House. And usually we would try to get to a second bar after the Parker House and I just don't have it in me anymore. I, I barely have drinking in me. So the fact that we... To think we used to go to bars after getting drunk at the park house is pretty wild. But but yeah, that's my first Johnny Bakes story. Uh, I got more for you. Uh, I'll have to check in, see if he cares hearing about you know himself on, on the Jake podcast with our ever-growing uh, fan base. But I'm sure he won't have a problem with that. But this, is a, this is a big week. You know, the Parker House opening up, the tide is turning. I got a guy's trip next weekend, then we got Memorial Day. You know, it's this is this is the time of year. May is such a great month. It is so awesome to be here in May when the season is turning. And you know, the Parker House is just one small fraction of that, even though it, it basically commands our Friday nights. Uh, but in the sports world, we got a lot going on too. The NBA playoffs are are heating up. You know, uh, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, those are heating up too. And I got a special guest on this week, Kyle McKenna, who is an NHL analyst and a good friend of mine. Is uh, I got an interview with him, and uh, we're going to see what he has to say about the hockey playoffs. So without further ado, here's my interview with Kyle Mickey McKenna. Yeah, no problem. 
Alright hockey fans, welcome back to What the Puck. Uh, this week I have a very special guest on, NHL analyst Kyle Mickey McKenna. You can find him on Twitter um, at kmckenna underscore tlt5. That's kmckenna underscore tlt5. And Kyle, we're going to talk What the Puck, man. What's going on with the conference finals? I want to talk about the Capitals because they are supposed okay. they are basically the dynasty right now of a team that can't get past the second round of the playoffs. You know what? It's too bad because a lot of people saw the matchup coming and they thought, oh, it's the Capitals' time to lose again, which is really too bad. I went to school down there and I started to like following them. I have a good friend who's a really big fan. And, and you know, it's just one of those things. I wanted to see them break out. And I thought when they were down 3-1 and forced a Game 7 that this was going to be the time, this was going to be it. Like, if they can get past Pittsburgh, they can win, they'll win it all. That 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 was kind of what I thought. It was kind of like you know Cleveland needing to like have that big comeback against the Warriors to finally get their first championship. I, I kind of thought it was going to be the same thing in hockey, and uh, I thought the Capitals were going to be able to get it done, but they just came up short every time. So uh, it's really unfortunate. And I mean, speaking of coming up short, you look at the Rangers. They they weren't the better team this series because you need to be the better team. You need to win four games, not two. But how many leads did they blow so late? Does this cost 
Elaine his job? It's unbelievable. stage and really they just fell flat on their face and you said it the best players were the ones that came up short you know you look at Lundqvist you look at Nash those are the guys that need to be the ones to step up and play big but they didn't you know you have a team like the Penguins who their guys all step up when it comes to the moment you know now they're back to the conference finals again are they a Stanley Cup away from a dynasty Looks like five um, if he makes it again. So if they win, that will be three. And that will be three with Sidney Crosby. That will be 
three, including Gemi Malkin, who's another early mm-hmm. round draft pick. Yeah. Uh, a Russian who is rivals of Al Silvestrian, believe it or not, because they. Malkin thinks he's better than Ovechkin, Ovechkin thinks he's better than Malkin, but anyways, that's a story for another time, but then you have Marc-Andre Fleury, who was a first-round draft pick in 2003 for the Penguins, so this was a dynasty in the making, but it took a little longer and didn't happen as fast as a team like, let's say, Chicago mm-hmm. or Detroit. Right. Um, but if they go to the Stanley Cup final this year, Jake, I think they're going to lose. I think it's impossible. Um, to repeat. In this period yeah. of time, they just repeat. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good you are. Even if you go back to the Stanley Finals, I just think it's too hard. I, I think they're about to lose. But that's not to say that they won't go. I think they will go. Okay, so if they do go, they play either the Anaheim Ducks or the Smashville Predators. Is this Nashville team for real? I mean, they are everyone's everyone's all in on them. I would love to see them win it. You know, being one of the lower seeds in the playoffs, it'd be really cool to to see them. You know, win this all. Look, Smashville is no joke. It's for real. Uh, I had the pleasure and the honor of being there last year on All Star Weekend, and uh, I was taken back on the passion that this that city has for its hockey team. And it's one thing for me to say that, but once you go there and experience it, you're like, wow, okay, this this is the real deal. This is actually a hockey city. And they've constructed uh, a Stanley Cup contending team. They're not sexy. They're defensive. They're defensively sound. They're going to force their opponents to make more mistakes than they will. And that's what the game kind of boils down to these days, unfortunately, and then this playoff series. And maybe that's why the Rangers didn't make it, is because why they may have outplayed the centers on every stat that you can go by, perhaps the centers just forced the Rangers to make more mistakes, if that makes sense. They kind of sat back. I think that's what Nashville is doing. They're kind of almost playing like a New Jersey Devils trap from back in the early 2000s, where they're going to sit back, they're going to force their opponent to make more mistakes than they will, and that's going to cost them the game. Yeah, It's not the sexiest way to win. It's not the sexiest appeal, but it's the most effective, and they can execute. So I like Nashville a lot. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, one of the things that has been brought up a lot to my attention is the way the seedings work in this playoff. And they've done this for a couple of years now. In the second round, you had the top two teams playing each other. Do they need to change this? Do they? Need, I mean, I know it's all based on, like, you know, trying to start these rivalries and stuff. And you're not going to have West and East crossing over. But do they need to change it back a little bit so that you don't have the Capitals and Penguins playing you know, in the second round? Do they need to change that? Will they change that? No, and I don't think they should, and I don't think they will. Um, I'm sure Capitals fans will say, well, yes, they need to change it. Well, go figure. They they lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins last year in six games, and then this year in seven games. So it seems like more of an excuse. Um, I feel as though the way the NHL has set up their Stanley Cup playoffs now with this bracket format, it builds those more appealing early round matchups, kind of similar to an NCAA March Madness. 
exciting and there's more of a chance for a, a team like the Ottawa Senators or the Nashville Predators to win. Where in years past, that wasn't the, that maybe wasn't the case. Or, you know, a, a team like Nashville now can make a, a run because it's all about matchups. It's like, you just have to survive the first round. And once you survive the first round, if you're an underdog, well, you're kind of in the clear. So I think it makes hockey a little more exciting. I think it looks it makes hockey a little more intriguing to the average to not average fan. Um, so I, I like it a lot. I I mean, maybe Jake, I don't know. You could probably speak for yourself. I, I like to see Nashville or a team like Columbus or Minnesota make a run. Maybe you know, rather than like a Pittsburgh or Chicago, who's who's built a dynasty in the recent past, but, uh, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the way I see it is, there can only be one champion, right? So, you know, you're going to have to beat the Penguins sooner or later. They're, you know, so if you're the Capitals and you'd really want to play the Rangers in the second round or Ottawa and then play the Penguins in the conference finals, I mean, I get that. I get that that's the way it's supposed to happen, the way it's supposed to, you know, it happens in other sports, but, you know, you need to get past these teams if you want to win it all anyway. If you whoever whoever wins this year, you're going to look at the opponents they beat and you're going to say, "Yeah, they beat uh, you know, a a, a really good team. They like beat a pro- Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They expected. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I I kind of like it the way it is. But yeah. yeah, it's still a process. That's why it's the hardest trophy to win in all sports. Mm-hmm. The Stanley Cup is. Yeah. So yeah. nothing has changed. It's just a, a matter of pick your poison and pick which round you want to play that team in. Yeah, and the other thing uh, I don't like is the, you know, the reaction because this year that one and two is playing each other, you know, it's not always going to act like that. And maybe next year, the capitals are a team that kind of benefit from the scheduling. And maybe they are a team like Ottawa who doesn't have to play two really tough opponents before the conference final. So, you know, I think it's just this year, the way it's set up, a lot of people are, are bitching and moaning when in reality, it's not always going to be like that. It could be a completely different division next year. That looks like hell. So, you know, I think it's just an overreaction right now, and I know it's unique, it's different, but I kind of like it. I think it's, you know what, put up or shut up, go take on the Penguins in round two. You know, it doesn't matter if it's them now or the conference finals, you're going to have to beat these good teams sooner or later. I completely agree, and I uh, actually admire your response, Keith, uh, especially from an average hockey fan, because I think you just, you know, you hit it on point there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're just you're going to have to beat the Penguins. If you want to, if you want to win the Stanley Cup, if you're Alex Ovechkin, well, you're going to have to get through some crowds. I mean, we all know that. He knows yeah. that. Um, it's just a, it's a matter of round one or two. Right. Or mm-hmm. three. Yeah. So. Yeah, but you're going to have to do um, it sooner I, or later. Yeah. But I will say, a year ago, the New York Islanders um, were at fault, apparently, for losing games towards the end of the season on purpose. So they could finish in a wild card spot, yeah. Where they could go through the Atlantic Division bracket, yeah. mm-hmm. which would be quote unquote easier for Jonathan Tavares and the Islanders to, you know, they hadn't won a playoff round since God knows when. I can even tell you the nineties or early eighties, right? And they did that, 
Dion Dever scored the overtime winning goal against Roberto Luongo on a wraparound against the Florida Panthers, and they lost back from it to Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, yeah. the Rangers fans were not happy about that because they felt they had the, the tougher, quote-unquote, path. And what do you know? This year, the Rangers are in the Atlantic Division bracket. Yeah. They quote-unquote, easier path. And what do you know? They lost in the second round to an Ottawa Senators team. Exactly. Look so, at that. I like it. I like the bracket style. I think it it's appealing to the general public more so than the hockey-ish, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And I, I love your take on it. Kyle, this has been great. We're going to play one game. Real quick before you okay. before you take off. All right, this game is a is a personal favorite of mine. It's it's great for the the commoners of New Jersey who might not follow hockey that much. It's called Canadian or New Jerseyan. All right, you ready to go? Yes. Okay, it's pretty simple. I'm gonna say a person's name. You're gonna say whether they're Canadian or they're from New Jersey. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll start off with a pretty easy one. All right. We're gonna go with Wayne Gretzky. Canadian. Yes, that's correct. Wayne Gretzky is from Canadian. You've got one point. Canada. All right. Second second round. Christopher Moltisanti, one of the main characters of HBO's The Sopranos. I'm going Canadian. No, no. Actually, believe it or not, Christopher Moltisanti is from New Jersey. All right? Got to keep your eye out for that one. Okay. Okay. All right. Round three. Sidney Crosby. Canadian. Correct. Correct. He's Canadian. Number four, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm almost kind of embarrassed you know, to answer the question, but uh, yeah. I'll say he's from New Jersey. Yeah, he is. That's correct. I needed to ask it because I, you've been out of Jersey for a while. I need to like check up on you. You've been in Tampa for a little too long. I need to make sure you're still connected to your roots. All right, last one. You need to get this right to win the free T-shirt, all right? We got Pierre Maguire. He's actually from New Jersey. He went to uh, Don Bosco Catholic. His real name is not Pierre Maguire. It's, that is absolutely correct. His real name is Regis Maguire. You really rocked that last round. Four out of five. I'll send you a free T-shirt, uh, the Jake Podcast. Listen, man, this was great. You, uh, thank you so much for coming on to uh, What the Puck. You really educated me and a lot of my fans. Uh, uh, as a common hockey fan, I really like watching the playoffs, and I have a lot of fun with it. I'm still going to watch, even though the Rangers and the Capitals are out, two teams that I follow. I like to watch more, but I'm still going to watch. I'm all in on Nashville. I think that's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm looking forward I to agree, it. I agree, man. Nashville. All right, man. Yeah. Well, Kyle, really appreciate it. Tell the people where they can find you. No problem, man. Hey, I'm just trying to broaden and my horizons. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the, you know, I, I can't stand the NBA. 
tell you what, they are in the same position that they wanted to be last year and they got it done. And now they have a team full of guys that have won it. So I think they are in a better position than they were last year because of that experience. As long as they stay healthy and as long as LeBron James is on the court, they have as good a shot as anybody. And I think they are going to do it. I think it's going to be a great finals against the Warriors. They still need to get through the conference finals against either Boston or Washington. And the Warriors have to do the same against either San Antonio or Houston. But I think LeBron gets it done again. I think he repeats for the second time in his career. And uh, and yeah, I, I think he will. And I don't think he's done yet. I think he's got a couple more championships. Awesome. Glad to hear. Kyle, thank you. thank you so much for coming on, dude. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, man. Talk to you later. That interview was brought to you by Peter Pike's Perfect Party Pickles. Do you like pickles? Do you like parties? Well, don't you think it's time to combine the two? Well, with Peter Pike's Perfect Party Pickles, the game has officially changed. Maybe you're in need of a nice sweet dill to go along with your friend's lunchtime burger. How about taking care of that hangover with our new Bacon Sunrise flavored party pickles? Or maybe a tangy tequila for your Friday happy hour. Peter Pike's has you covered for every occasion. From bread and butter to buttered pecan. Classic kosher to pineapple chili. With over 36 unique flavors, no one packs the pickle pungency punch like Peter Pike's Perfect Party Pickles. Looking for the ultimate rager pickle? Try the new Power Packed Pickle, which is loaded with caffeine and electrolytes. Maybe what you need is that toes-in-the-sand relaxed pickle. Then try Pickled Paradise, which is bottled in a light Mexican cerveza. Or maybe you're looking for that 2 a.m. pick-me-up to give you that extra gear late at night. Try our new Psycho Pete Pickle, which is grown in the hills of Zona Rosa, Colombia, which is not FDA-approved. Whatever the occasion, Peter Pike's Perfect Party Pickles has you covered. Peter Pike's Perfect Party Pickles. That's Peter Pike's Perfect Party Pickles. All right, so next up, we will do the movie review of the week. My uh, one-minute movie review this week will be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Now, everyone knows that I can be a bit of a you know, lenient movie critic, you know, especially right after I see a movie. I'm usually you know, pretty up and up about it. I'm never really quite critical, but... I'm putting my foot down. I'm not taking a bias. I'm I'm getting after it. And I thought this movie was absolutely amazing. It was so much fun. It continued off the first one really well. I thought uh you know, the whole cast, Zoe Saldana, Chris Pratt, even Dave Bautista, Michael Rooker was great. They all play off each other really well. And you have the voices with Vin Diesel and uh Bradley Cooper, the 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 cast is not lacking star power, which is you know never a problem with these Marvel movies. But it is special. It's really good. I would suggest go checking it out. My grade, 10.0. Yeah, I'm giving it a 10.0 in terms of uh, movie. That's a harsh, 
harsh reality when you come into the Jaker zone of, you know, getting after the movie reviews, I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to give it to you how it is. So uh, 10.0 for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, it's fair. You know, it's a fun movie. I mean, who doesn't love Marvel movies? These Those are so great. Um, next week, I don't know what I'm going to see next week. Might go see, I still haven't seen Fate of the Furious. I mean, knowing myself, that's probably going to be another 10.0. I can't get enough of those. You know, Fast Fast Five, Fast Furious Seven. You know, uh, the Fate of the Furious is this one. You know, Tokyo Drifting. Who doesn't love a good Tokyo Drift? Those movies are fantastic. I actually work with a guy who told me, you know, Jake, you know, I'm gonna warn you right now. One movie you cannot see is this new Fast and Furious movie. I'm like, all right, Ed, what's the problem? Yeah, you know, look, what what's wrong with these? It's it's terrible. It's all about you know, it's violent and racing and it's loud. I'm like, you saw seven of these movies and it took you to the eighth to not like one? It, it's going to be amazing. Shut up. No, this is perfect. Like, this is going to be exactly what I want. If you don't want to go see it, I, I, I can't imagine you'd see seven movies and then think this one would stink. But, you know, that's why I got to go review it. That's why I got to go see it. Uh, we'll get after it. And, uh, yeah, no, no, I'll make that my, my next movie. I will go see that next week. I don't know when, don't know where I will go see fate of the furious. I will be very critical and I'll still give it a 10.0 because it's going to be amazing. It's probably awesome. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's already decided. It's, it's hard to really change my opinion on that matter. Okay. So a little Cleveland update. Uh, cause you know, I can't go a whole episode without talking about Cleveland. Uh, got, Three major sports rolling right now. You know, the Indians, uh, you know, right now it's still early season for baseball. They're in first place. Some of their guys not looking so hot to start. But, you know, once we get into the summer, I think the Indians are going to be the cream of the crop in their division. I don't see much of a problem for them going forward. You know, the Tigers always, you know, always play them tough. and, And I think this year that could... They could be the second best team, but I think if the Indians stay healthy, do what they do, they should be winning their division. And uh, so far, so good. They're in first place. It's only about you know like forty games in, not even just yet, but yeah, they're they're in first place so far. The Browns just wrapped up a draft. You know they killed it. I, I know I'm biased, but everyone that pays attention and knows what's going on in these drafts, they know that the Browns killed it. They know that. We did a great job. We added the most talent anyone added. You know, they got 10 players. And all 10 guys are probably going to make the team. And that's not, that doesn't mean just because the Browns suck that, oh, they, they could draft anybody and they make the team. They could draft you, Jake. No, I wouldn't make the team. Um, they could make the team. You have pretty good hands, good footwork. But no, no, I'm not making the team. But they, they added 10 guys that make a lot of teams. You know, Miles Garrett was the number one overall pick. And he was the number one overall pick for everybody. And Jabril Peppers, he find it, you find him on the defense running towards the ball. Greg Williams, the perfect guy for him. David Njoku is a super talented athletic tight end. These that's just the first three guys. Then they also added the Notre Dame quarterback to Sean Kaiser. They also added two defensive tackles who, you know, it wasn't really a strong defensive tackle group this year, but they added two of the top five guys and Caleb Brantley and Larry Ogunjobi. So, you know, a really great haul for the Cleveland Browns. And rookie minicamp started today, uh, May 11th. Shout out Marley Brainy, my dog. Uh, it's her birthday, 11 years old. Love you, Marley. But, uh, yeah, that started today. 
and uh, it's good. It's good time to be a Browns fan. You know, up until the first game of the season, that you know that off season is a great time to be a Browns fan. So much optimism. Cannot wait for it to come crushing down on me again in September. And uh, finally, the Cavaliers. I mean, going into the playoffs, a lot of people wanted to say, "Oh, they're playing poorly." You know, are they going to be able to flip the switch? I did not believe they were going to be able to flip the switch like they did. LeBron James is just a monster. He is just amazing. And, uh, yeah, he's taken them. You know, they, they're, they've they swept the first two rounds. They are waiting for the winner of Celtics-Wizards. Looks like it'll probably be the Celtics, you know, who just took a 3-2 to two game lead. But, you know, it, it is – he's doing something special right now. He's not – He's finally getting the credit this year that I thought he should have been getting all year because he's doing stuff in his 14th season. You know, Michael Jordan's 14th season was his first in Washington, just to put that into perspective. So keep that in mind. Of you know, They weren't exactly the same age because Michael took off some time, but a lot of people are so addicted to making this comparison. I hate comparing players of different generations. It's just a different game. It's not really a fair thing. But you know, just to put it in perspective, what he's doing in his 14th year, it's incredible. And they're marching. I think they're going to make it to the NBA Finals. I think they're going to do really well. And uh, as long as they stay healthy, I, I, I think they could I think they could win it all again. So, yeah. little update from Believeland. Things are looking strong. Nothing could stand in our way. No. Knock on wood. Come on. Let's not be ridiculous. All right? I, I know what happens. I mean, I see the hats and all the shirts and stuff that I bought after the Cavs won, but... I know how this ends. I know that it, it's all heartbreak. So, don't don't worry. Trust me. I'm still grounded. All right. For all you people that think I uh, um, my head's in the sky, it is. But uh, my feet are on the ground. Okay. So, I want to do a little three up, three down, up down, Jaker. Uh, this week, I want to talk about the draft because it's the last time I'll talk about the draft until next, probably February. Okay. And uh, I want to do three up, three down, three winners, three losers. This will start with the losers. Uh, you know, we'll save the winners for the end. But one of the losers, I'm not going to let them off the hook just because they had less picks. Is the Los Angeles Rams. A lot of people, you know, when I, when I look at the draft, I want to look at what you added, what players you added from this draft. Okay. So in terms of the players from this draft that you added, the Rams are one of the lower teams. They added a couple guys. Gerald Everett, Cooper Cup, and Josh Reynolds. You know, these two receivers and a tight end that I think they can help the team. And it's good that you're surrounding Jared Goff, but these are stretches. You know, early early second round for Gerald Everett was not probably a great spot for him. You know, I was think about it, it's only a couple picks after the Browns got David Njoku, who's going to be a focal point of their offense. And this guy is not David Njoku. So, you know, maybe he turns out well, but I, I don't see it at that spot. Cooper Cup. You know, another guy that, you know, maybe, you know, early round three, like, yeah, it's not a bad pick, but, you know, they're making up for not having a first round pick because they traded up to get Jared Goff. And I'm not taking into account the trades of, of previous years. I'm not going to give you credit. Oh, I'm not going to give you a pass because you traded all your picks away. So, and, and, you know, that's just not how I roll. I look at what you added this draft, and the Rams added not a lot of talent because. They stretched for John Johnson, the Boston College safety. That was a third-round pick when you know a lot of people had him going late day three. You know, Tanzel Smart, pretty good ad there for Tulane, the D tackle. But you know, they could have they could have gone elsewhere at that point. 
Um, well, no, I mean, I guess at that point it was fine, but you know, just after a draft where they didn't really add a lot of talent, you know, you know, it's just just it's just like a cherry on a pile of poo. So I don't like what the uh, the Rams did. I, I don't I don't like it at all. And you know, I I said uh, I'm gonna I'm not gonna give you a, a pass just because you don't have picks. That means my other loser, the New England Patriots. I know. Oh, oh, Jake calling the Patriots losers. Like I I think they'll I think they're fine. Okay, like they're still the best team in the NFL. But in the draft, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, look, they won the draft because they added NFL talents. Like yeah, but. We're not looking at, you know, they got those talented players months ago. You know, they made those trades a while ago. Who won this draft? Who won Who won adding talent? They added, it's too bad because one of my favorite players in the draft was Derek Rivers, and he was one of the guys that they added. But he was one of the only guys they added. They added four players. So, and a couple offensive linemen in a draft where offensive line wasn't really deep. So I don't really love it for the New England Patriots. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you're an idiot or, you know, you're not looking at it. No, no. The way I'm looking at it is how much talent did you add from this draft class, right? I'm not going to look at the picks you added, the picks you traded away. If you won these trades, they certain, they may have won every trade this offseason. Who knows? But if we're going to start saying, oh, well, the Patriots had Coney Ely and Brandon Cooks, well, you don't see the Browns getting credit for adding Jamie Collins because that's the third-round pick that they traded to get Jamie Collins was from this draft. Nobody's talking about that. So, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to weigh that. I'm weighing who you added. Derek Rivers, good defensive end from Youngstown State. I wanted the Browns to get him, but, you know, he just didn't really fit them at that point. They already added DNs. Of course he ends up with the Patriots. I hope he's awesome there. I, I hope he kicks ass. He's 6'4", 250. He has an awesome motor, and he's Youngstown State. Like, come on. He's a penguin. Like, that's awesome. Uh, but other than that, they just only added four players, so not great. Um, you know, not great at all. And then uh, the biggest loser I had was the Chicago Bears, which shouldn't really surprise anybody. They trade away a couple picks, so they knew they were only going to have you know five picks in this draft. Yeah. Jordan Morgan, the guard from Cutstown, like you know, the fifth round pick. Is he is he going to be able to stick on that squad? They already kind of have. They don't have a great offensive line. But they kind of already have guys that are just as good as him. So it, it's going to be interesting to see if he even breaks through. Tariq Cohen, the North Carolina A&T running back. I mean, he was – everyone wanted to talk about him. Everyone wanted to say, man, he, he belongs on a really dynamic offense. But it was, he was going to be a last-round pick. You know, you wanted to see a Patriots get him late. You wanted to see an Arizona Cardinals get him late or maybe like a New Orleans Saints. The Bears, I don't really know how they're going to utilize him, and they picked him in the fourth round. That's to surround their franchise quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, who they traded picks to move up one spot for. There's a lot of questions about Mitch Trubisky. I really want to root for him. I hope he does well, but at this juncture, man, that was a lot to risk on him. And then in the second round, the only other you know, first two-day pick that they had, they took Adam Shaheen. Who another another Ohio guy I want to root for, but it was just a stretch there. And I I hope he does well. I hope these guys do well. But based on what they got, these grades are just not showing up. And the Bears did not utilize their picks in their position. So you know, I got to be a little harsh with them. I I can't let them off the hook for that.
All right, let's go to the winners. First winner, you know, I, I could have gone a lot of ways this year. A lot of people want to say the Niners. I'm just going to tell you right now, I didn't think the Niners won. I think they won Thursday night by adding who they say is two of their top three players, which you got to take that with a grain of salt. Of course, they're going to say things to pump guys up. You know, if the Browns said that Jabril Peppers was one of their top three players, you know, you're not going to believe them, but we believe it when it's, you know, the Reuben Foster linebacker from Alabama and Solomon Thomas. So, yeah, they added their, they added two studs, but they're not the winners of the draft because they only won one night, and the other picks in the draft I did not really, I, I, I thought there were stretches. I thought there was, they could have gone a ways different ways for that. Um, but one of the teams that I thought won was the Washington Redskins. They got one of the steals of the first round when Jonathan Allen fell to 17. This was a guy that a while ago, it was a while ago, was getting talked about being picked first overall. And it was not a popular decision, but it was one of the the players that were being talked about at the top of the round. So if you get him at 17, that's a huge steal. The next guy that the Skins got was Ryan Anderson, another defensive stud from Alabama linebacker really explosive edge rusher he's going to be a player for the skins they added two starters in their front seven when you know they they need to get after the quarterbacks in their division they need to get after it and they added two guys that can help them do it but the really intriguing one is their third round pick which was Fabian Morell a cornerback who was rising up a lot of boards was a fringe first round pick and then he got hurt and, uh, you know, of course, doing like these pro days, which it's so stupid that, you know, they're that they're doing these like bench presses and 40s. Stop doing it. There's there's no pressure to this. Adam Lefko pointed this out. Corey Davis was the fifth overall draft pick. He didn't run at his, four, uh, his 40 at his pro day. He didn't run at the combine. And he still went top five. Other guys are getting hurt. They're getting penalized for these things. Don't run. It's, it's not important. Don't run. Don't get hurt in this process. These guys are getting hurt doing these pro days and stuff, challenging themselves, and it's not important in the long, long run. But Fabian Moreau is going to a place you know, where he can shine. He can stand out. He might be their number one cornerback in a year from now after he's healthy and, and learns the system. So I think they added three like basically long-time starters with their first three picks. They added other guys I really like. Jeremy Sprinkle, the tight end. Uh, I really like Josh Harvey Clemens in the seventh round. I thought that was a great safety ad. Um, and Samaje Pirine. You know, he, he, everyone was looking at Joe Mixon, the running back from Oklahoma. How about the one who was also setting records? You know, this is a guy that, you know, he he finds the red zone touchdowns. He doesn't fumble the football. And I think he could eventually become the starter there. So I love what the Redskins did. The best thing about it, they let the draft come to them and they still filled needs. It was pretty impressive for drafting a bunch of best player availables and drafting for your needs too. Yeah, I found I found the Skins draft impressive. Um, my next winner, I could have won a couple different ways on this one too. Um, but I'm going to go with Tampa. Um, you know, I wanted to say maybe Dallas, uh, maybe Sandy, uh, Los Angeles Chargers, but uh, I'm going to go Tampa because they were on the fringe this season. They were close to making the playoffs, and they needed to add some weapons, and damn, they got some good ones. O.J. Howard in the first round is one of my favorite picks of this draft. 
He was a guy that was getting talked early up. You know, Jets pick, number six. You know, Browns, number 12. No, he goes 19 to the Bucks, And that's probably the best value pick of the first round. And Jonathan Allen, Malik Hooker, these were really good picks. 19 to begin the best tight end to come out in in like a decade. So this is that was a huge pick for them. And it just adds a, a dynamic piece to their offense. And the thing that people are really overlooking is Chris Godwin, their third round pick. He's going to be a starting receiver, and they're going to move Deshaun Jackson into the slot. I think Chris Godwin has a chance to be one of the top three wide receivers from this draft, maybe even the best one. If you saw him play in the Rose Bowl against USC, you saw that this kid is so talented. He's got hands. He's got moves. He reminds me a lot of, and this is probably going to sound like a lazy comparison, but because he also went to Penn State, but Allen Robinson, when Allen Robinson was at Penn State, he was just a playmaker. He wasn't flashy, but he got the ball and he got yards. I really like Godwin. I think Tampa Bay got a huge steal in the third round with who could be the best receiver from this class. You know, he's not going to be your number one guy right off the bat, but he has so much potential. He has such a good floor, too. Like, you know he's not going to be a bust or anything. He's going to be a guy that contributes. And they also got a really good, hard-hitting safety, Justin Evans, in the second round at 50 to set that tone on defense. I love what they did. They added, an, and, and and they weren't even done. Like, those were the first three picks, but Kendall Beckwith, linebacker from LSU, he can play. You know, if he's healthy coming off of the ACL injury, he's, oh, man, he is uh He's a he's a good one. Like he could he could end up being a player for a long time if he's held, if he can come back from the ACL. And Jeremy McNichols, running back from Boise, joins another running back from Boise, Doug Martin, as like a pretty good insurance policy. You know now you have this offense with so many guys that score touchdowns, and here you have a running back who had some of them like I, I think twenty touchdowns last year. He he finds the end zone. And now you just are surrounding Jameis Winston with guys that find the end zone, that make plays. Tampa Bay had a killer draft. This was awesome. They already had a pretty good team, and they added quite possibly five studs to their team. I thought it was great. And finally, I think y'all knew this was coming. My final my final winners are the Cleveland Browns. I mean, and I know that's that's not the homer in me. Let's just look at this, okay? from an unbiased point of view, okay? Bear with me. The Cleveland Browns added the best kicker in the draft, right? Okay? They lost games because they had bad kicking last year. They added the best kicker in the draft. They also added a possible third-round, fourth-round running back in the seventh, okay, in Matt Days from NC State. Again, not earth movers, but good ads in the seventh round. They added Caleb Brantley, defensive tackle out of Florida. Still questionable. You know, he's got these legal issues. The Browns haven't committed to him. They haven't said that they're going to sign him. They said, look, it's disturbing stuff, the allegations. But if he comes back clean, they added a top 40 player in the sixth round. Okay? That would be enormous. Especially on a team that they they need talented players. So Caleb Brantley, if he sticks with the squad, 
is is the steal of the draft going in the sixth round and possibly being a first round pick. You know, there was talk that the Giants might take him uh, at twenty three. You know, before he got in this trouble. So, you know, to get him in the sixth round, that's huge value. Roderick Johnson, tackle out of Florida State. He's going to have to learn, but this is a guy who forced Cam Irving out of left tackle to go play center at Florida State. Cam Irving was a first-round pick. So Roderick Johnson is going to be backing up Joe Thomas because now the Browns actually have a pretty good offensive line. So he's going to be learning under JT just how to be an offensive lineman in the pros, and that's the perfect guy you can learn under because Joe Thomas has been in the year league for 10 years, and he's got 10 Pro Bowl appearances. No other player has ever done that that's not named Jim Brown. So, you know, pretty good, pretty good guy to be learning under. Uh, Howard Wilson, cornerback from Houston. Guy was part of a really strong cornerback class that would have went higher if it wasn't for so many good corners. So if this was 2016's draft, Howard Wilson might be a second-round pick. Every One out of every 14 throws ended up in an interception for Howard Wilson. If he can tune up his game, the guy's big, he's long, he's athletic, and he makes plays. And he's a fourth-round pick for the Browns. He was the sixth player they added. Okay, They added five players before him, including Larry Ogunjobi, defensive tack who will probably be a day one starter for the Browns at the three technique. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser, quarterback for Notre Dame. You know he's got he's got the talent, he's got the arm, he's got the footwork. He just doesn't have the consistency. I'm, I've looked at so much tape on Kaiser. He has such a high ceiling. If they can marinate Hugh with Kaiser for a long time, the amount of time that they need, you know, not be forced into an because of injury or whatever that we have to play a quarterback. If they can let him sit and learn. He has such a high ceiling, and he could possibly be the franchise quarterback the Browns are looking for. And I know you've heard that before with Johnny Manziel, and you know with Brady Quinn and Brandon Whedon. But like those guys weren't—they didn't have the talent that Kaiser had, and they went into really losing situations. And I believe in the Hugh Jackson situation here, so I think Kaiser's in the right situation. So that was what the Browns added after the first round. Those are all the good players they added after their three first-round picks. Jabril Peppers, safety from Michigan. He is a Swiss Army knife defender, and he can line up. He was asked to play linebacker. He was asked to play safety. He's played corner. He played nickel. He played edge defender. He played everywhere from Michigan, and he did whatever they asked him to. People are pissed that he doesn't have more turnovers. He was asked to play up on the defensive line sometimes okay so like he was up against the line of scrimmage not defense line line of scrimmage up against the line of scrimmage the guy did whatever they wanted him to do at michigan he can do whatever you need him to do because he's played everywhere so greg williams wanted jabril peppers he got him he is the perfect coach for jabril peppers because he's going to play him to his strengths david njoku tight end from miami Sorry that the Browns had to let go of Gary Barnage. I was the biggest Barnyard Dog fan, and I'm going to miss him. I hope he lands on his feet somewhere because he's, he's, a, he's a fun guy. He is a good guy. He's one of like the humanitarians of the league. He deserves to be on. And he's good. He's a good football player. But David Nchoku, 
This guy, he's only 20. He is a super athlete. He's huge. He's fast. He's powerful. He is, I mean, if it wasn't for O.J. Howard, he would have been a slam dunk number one tight end in this draft. But O.J. Howard is a special prospect. So it's no shame that David Njoku was not a distant second to this guy. And the Browns got him, you know, after trading up from 33 back into the late round one. Pretty good draft. Pretty unbelievable draft. Oh, by the way, the Browns also got the number one player in the draft. It's unbelievable that the draft has been over for two weeks, yet the player that we have not talked about, that no one has talked about, is Miles Garrett, the number one overall pick that everyone said is the flat-out best player in the draft. It's like the moment the Browns drafted him, everyone forgot that he was a player and that everyone you know, just ignored the fact. They wanted to go fishing for, oh, the Niners did this, and the Chargers did that. And look at the pro players that the Patriots added. They won the draft. It's like, we haven't heard a thing about the best player in the draft in a great draft, and he was the flat-out best player. Yeah, the Browns are the winners. Come on. Like, listen to what I just said. I know I'm biased. I know I, I'm looking at all the positives here, but the Browns added 10 players who are players. They They won. They won this draft. I'm, I, I'm, they won. Stop. Go away. Stop. They won. So yeah, there you have it. Three up, three down. The winners and losers in the NFL draft. That's it. I, I, I'm done with the draft. Next time I'll be talking about the draft will be next winter. Uh, it's my favorite sporting event, but it's over now. So we're moving on. What are we moving on to? Well. We got the Bachelorette coming. I know I've been teasing you, but we're going to have the Brose Baker bringing you back to Bachelor Nation. It is going to be so much fun. Maybe I'll get a couple live uh, live Twitter sessions. Maybe do a live podcast of one of the episodes. That'll be fun. Got a couple people that want to come on and be guests during those episodes. So I'm excited to do that. You know, a lot of people now watch The Bachelor, watch The Bachelorette. And I understand it's kind of like a not for everybody, but boy, when I get watching those, you know, get a little little glass of rosé, you know, take a little bath, get in your shower robe and everything, you you rock and roll into some bachelorette action. It's good to go. Like this is this is the real shit right here. So you're gonna have some fun. Just turn off your brain and have some fun. Like that's what this show is. Don't take life so seriously, you know. You, you, you get one shot at this thing. Go have some fun once in a while. And that's what The Bachelor and Bachelorette is. Stop taking things so seriously and just enjoy it. You know, take it for what it is. It's a bunch of people in a house saying things like, I'm not here to make friends or, you know, she's not here for the right reasons. And, you know, I want love and, you know, she wants television. It's... God, it's so phenomenal. It is so much he said, she said, and bickering and bitching and moaning. It is wonderful TV. It is my favorite. <coughs> it's unbelievable stuff. Okay. And that will be next week. But for this week, that's it. Thank you for to Kyle McKenna for coming on. It was a great interview talking hockey playoffs. Uh, thank you to Johnny Bakes for allowing me tell some stories about them go back to the well on those but uh for this for this week that'll be it on the jake podcast everyone enjoy your weekend and uh if you see me at the parker house drop a little action drop a little uh little dollar bud light
send it my way, you know, wet the beak a little bit, but all right. All right, everyone, be good. Take care.